it's flipped. <laughs> and so we all began to do the motion with our baseball caps. We're flipping, flipping them around. It's flipped. Apparently a flip. We'll be hearing a lot of that uh, in the days ahead, I'm sure. But we have more important things to discuss than a player who was previously committed elsewhere down the road flipping to UCLA, evidently, after other news yesterday from down the road, I think made the uh, prospect of coming down the road maybe a little less enticing. So Mm -hmm. it's flipped, to quote the great Doug Stewart. Good morning, everybody. Is it also flipped in the big picture, in your view, with respect to Oregon State football when you weigh the way the season finished and the way the entire season played out, do you have that same sense of we can say that right here, right now? Whatever Doug Stewart said back in 2009, early in the Pac-12 or Pac-10 conference season at that time, can you say the same thing now with your long association with Beaver football? And I don't want to put too much on it and, and have that be the focal point. Is it flipped? What do you mean flipped? Well, Flipped. It's flipped. No. What what I hope to do today, and we have open phones for the entire show. Mike Parker here, John Warren with a, a family uh, uh, health situation that requires him to make a drive today in very important circumstances for John and his family. So John won't be here today making a drive over to the Oregon coast. We expect John back tomorrow, but he's where he needs to be with respect to uh, Kim, Kim's family and father, and and, and the situation that uh, requires John's presence. So John is not here today. Yours truly and TJ will be with you the next couple of hours. And what we hope and what I hope we can hear from you, as much as the games exist and we watch the games, I get to call the game working alongside of John and Jim Wilson this past weekend, I don't really feel as though the experience is complete until a Monday after a game to get to hear from Beaver Nation and to hear from you either via the University Honda text line or the Downward Dog phone line how you took it in, how you received the experience, whatever your experience of the game may have been. I don't feel like it's completely uh, closed until uh, until we hear from you on a Monday. And this is Monday, the football, the bowl game itself on a Saturday, so it felt in that sense to be part of our normal schedule. And so here we are on Monday, after a 10-3 and season, after an epic beatdown of a Blue Blood program, shorthanded, undermanned, though they might have been, that's still Florida, And I could see in in just so much activity, there's so much content to be consumed these days. And I don't know how much you've read, how much you've watched, how much you've sort of leaned into what people were saying. When you win a game 30-3 to in the manner that the Beavers did, it feels as though you just want to consume everything. What, What are they saying in Gainesville? What is this website? What are these national people saying? And... When you do that, you end up running across certain threads and certain things that maybe you didn't intend to or were even surprised about. But one of the things that I saw, and it's all that Florida, some at least one Florida fan was left with. 
I don't know what your experience with Florida fan, if you were in Vegas or what you've read from the Gators perspective in their media and some of their message board sites. When you <laughs> when you win and win the way you did, you want to go in all in and see what they're saying in their world, one of which was a taunt to Oregon State, to a program that will never, in big capital letters, ever, never win a national championship. Good for you. You beat a team that was lousy anyway. Good for you, Oregon State. <laughs> You'll never win, and you won't even sniff a national championship. Goodbye. That Because of... The desire to consume everything, unfortunately, I came across a tweet like that. But for the most part, I don't want to go down that sort of negative road, but that's all. Quite honestly, that's a compliment to the Beavers because that's all the Florida fans had left to, in their anger and frustration, to taunt Oregon State for never having won a national championship. Now, based on what Jonathan is doing, and this gets back to the initial meditation on flipped i i don't want to get too to you know create a an unwise set of expectations in a program that's developing and growing beautifully but that statement by the florida fan good for you oregon state to a program that's never won and never will and will never sniff one (laughs) good for you to beat an underhanded florida team I'm not so sure about some of those nevers. Yeah, now they've never won one. But I'm after what I saw this year, after what I saw Jonathan and his staff, what they did, what the players did, the players under that staff's tutelage, the players that have made a complete buy-in and a commitment to the program and to the philosophies in which the program is based. And I'm not just talking about schematically. Those are strong and sound. But that sense of all for one and everybody in it together, the team is the MVP. To me, this was a great example. Who do you pick for the game's MVP when you come out of a 30-3 to win like that? Eight to ten different guys could probably have been in the conversation. That speaks to the culture, to the program, to the coach, to the development in his five years as head coach. And I'm just wondering where you sit today, without getting too ahead of ourselves, about the taunt from the Florida fan, I'm not so sure about it. And you never will. I'm not sure that part is necessarily true. With an expanded playoff, that gives teams such as Oregon State. Could you imagine now if you had a, a 12-team playoff and the Beavers were in it, what other teams right now would be thinking? It's a little bit like the 2000 season. Did anybody want to play the Beavers at the end of that year? <laughs> Notre Dame certainly didn't. And I'm sure if you looked around right now, there would be others who ooh. Man, Oregon State's dangerous. And Jonathan and his team being a development program, that's also true sometimes within seasons. You hope to a little less so perhaps than in some of the Mike Riley years when it took a while and you could get off to these slower starts and be two and three and then hit your stride. The Beavers this year got out three and oh. It enabled them to endure a two game losing streak, a gut punch loss to USC. People talk about, well, Utah boat raced Oregon State. No, they really didn't. Utah did not boat race Oregon State. It looks like it on the scoreboard. That was not a boat race. What we saw Saturday, a boat race, the Beavers over Florida. The Utah-Oregon State game, nothing like that. And Kyle Woodingham would be the first to tell you. They did not boat race Oregon State. The Beavers were not boat raced this year. They had a great chance to win at Washington. 
So all of that said, I'm just wondering how you take the season as a totality in. But since we have plenty of time today, I'm also hoping before we get to Dan on the Downward Dog phone line, and we hope to hear from many of you. First things first. However you want to take on the season, the future, the 13 games in the, in the books now, I would love to hear, and TJ and I both would love to hear, he's already been on the front lines and heard your calls in the immediate aftermath in the postgame show. But what about the game itself? Did you go? Did you watch? Did you listen? Wayne Tinkle said it was a four-and-a-half-hour commercial for Oregon State football that they were gushing. They felt like Herbie and McAfee and Pat, that they loved Oregon State. Now, I've also read and heard that Herbie was doing everything he can to prop up Florida and the SEC, so I've heard it both ways. But Wayne Tinkle's take was he was so proud as a member of Beaver Nation, uh, so proud to watch what he said was a a four-and-a-half-hour promotion commercial for Oregon State football and Oregon State athletics and that it was a feel-good event for him for his team and I'm sure wherever you were in Beaver Nation I hope it felt that way so however you want to take it on the game itself moments in the game a 10 and 3 season Jonathan Smith and the team's future the early signing date coming Wednesday whatever you want to talk about and maybe even the Florida fans taunt Maybe that isn't so true, what he says about, well, the future. Whatever your thoughts are today, we'd love to hear from you at 497-5356 on the Downward Dog phone line or the University Honda text line. TJ, you perked up when I talked about Florida message board, so I'm not sure. I talked to Andy Staples today on his national show. He had me on as a guest with Guy Haberman. And he said, I'll tell you how how the people in Florida feel, and he's a Florida uh, alumnus and he said if you ain't first you're last that's how they feel right. in florida so it didn't matter we were talking about whether billy napier should have kicked the field goal or not and it andy is saying they shouldn't have but it doesn't matter because if you're not first you're last that's how we feel in florida in gainesville today there was uh, we did talk about that on the post game show florida exactly florida message boards there's this twitter account called uh, message board geniuses and they did an entire thread on Florida message board reactions throughout the game. And their final tweet on the thread is someone made a GoFundMe for Billy Napier's buyout at $35 million. <laughs> and it, made, it, it got a good laugh. I did also, in about the, the Florida reaction, I did request some listeners to try and go find the Florida Collins show after the game and report back on what people were saying. But they were done by the time we got on the air. Ah. Yeah, they, that's the type of game that okay, they got to beat. The, we weren't, we're not surprised. Thirty to three, no quarterback with experience. Eh, it, it was what we, in a sense, feared it was going to be, and mm-hmm. it was. So, however, as history though, and others have said, no one in the end, thirty years from now, thirty to three. Wow, the Beavers beat Florida in that uh, game, uh, Vegas Bowl. When people are looking at media guides and all of that, if the, all this stuff is still going on. I don't think there will be a law callers to you and other Joe Beaver like says, yeah, but you got to remember Florida was really shorthanded. I don't think so. I think in the end, this goes in the books mm-hmm. as the Beavers dominating and right. thumping an SEC blue blood program, right. 30 to three. It had so many uh, 
overtones, undertones, whatever, of the 2001 New Year's night beatdown of Notre Dame. The Beavers were clearly the dominant and better team that night against one of the great programs in college football history. This had a similar feel to it, particularly too, the way that a tenuous lead at halftime against Notre Dame back in 2001, 12-3, mm-hmm. and I gosh, you're only up nine and you're dominating the game. I kind of felt this way Saturday, uh-huh. up 10 nothing. But when that field goal was blocked and the guy starts running, I thought, this is going to be 10-7 to at halftime uh-huh. when you've utterly dominated the game. Everett Hayes, though, nice angle on the guy to get him to turn back in and it was 10 nothing and went to 30 to nothing much like it did against Notre Dame uh, 21 years ago. I really wasn't expecting Florida to look so discombobulated on offense. I had some higher expectations for Jack Miller. He looked like, well, mm-hmm. he didn't take a snap all year. That's what he looked like. I think Oregon State would have beaten Florida by 14 points if their starters were playing. That's how good they yeah. looked. I mean, look at the strength of Florida's offense, uh, of Florida's team in general cuz their defense was awful all year. The strength of Florida's offense was their running attack, where they ran for 5.6 yards per carry as a team. And 213 per game. Uh, They ran for 1.2 yards per carry. And 39. 14 of those yards came on one carry. Yeah, how about that? I could, from the first play, when they tried to run wide and and there were three Beaver defenders in Mm -hmm. space on that play to the uh, 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 Beaver sideline. Mm Mm-hmm. Might have been, no, it might have been the Florida sideline. I'm trying to remember. No, it was to the Beaver sideline. No, Florida. First play of the game. Trying to remember. Anyway, mm, three guys yeah. swallow up the the running back, Montrell Johnson, for uh, a loss of a yard, yard and a half. Okay. Shades of Notre Dame mm-hmm. 21 years ago, 22 years ago, essentially. when Whenever they tried to run anything wide against the speed of the Beaver defense, Matt Lavecchio and mm-hmm. the the other personnel that night couldn't get anything done in offense, and I felt good immediately, play, one play into the game. The first half, I thought, the ESPN broadcast, you said they were very complimentary yeah. of Oregon State. They were. First half, though, was they talked a lot about Florida, and they, the, the term SEC speed got thrown out there a lot. But which team looked faster? I don't even think it was very close. It wasn't close. It no. was not. One thing I will say, and we're going to go to Dan now before we break, open phones for the show and text lines. That was the most physical punishing tackling team I saw all year. And that told me something about SEC football in general. If that's a middle of the road and even less than that SEC team, just the way they deliver the blows on defense. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Brutal, tough physical hits. To the Beavers' credit, they held on to the ball every time in spite of some massive hits. But it is the most physical team from that respect I saw all year. I gained a lot of respect for Silas Bolden. He had no fear going over no. the middle there a couple times to catch a ball in traffic. Um, and take on. He, he took a massive hit one of those times. I think inside the 20-yard line just got absolutely popped. And that touchdown he caught, I mean, <laughs> first of all, credit Ben for that throw. I went yes. back and watched it again last night. I mean, he's throwing over the linebacker in between the safety yep. and the cornerback into the end zone, and he put it exactly where he needs to do. I've been critical of Ben this year, mm-hmm. but that was a, a very, very nice throw to Silas. And Silas, again, over the middle, could absolutely just get cracked in the ribs yep. there as he's catching that touchdown, and he hold it in. To see the Beavers' depth down as many where they were on the receiving chart and to do what they did in that, and... The one thing I'll say is Ben Branson. every quarterback ends up usually with a guy that they have kind of as a go-to that they're comfortable with. 
Ben and Silas Bolden had some big moments together this year. When you think about the comeback win at Stanford, that was triggered by a great throw by Ben that Silas made one of the finest catches I've seen a Beaver receiver ever make to get a foot down and score on the farm and launch the Beavers into that comeback. That was Goldbranson to Bolden. So as we go forward thinking about the future, <laughs> you know, Ben said he wants to, Ben told Kenzano and others, he wants to silence the narrative. Well, the Beavers are a quarterback away from being a player on bigger stages and a bigger, you know, being a part of a Pac-12 championship conversation, a quarterback away from getting to where they want to be. Well, Ben did go 7-1 and one as a starter. The Beavers finished 10-3. and three. Ben was the offensive, you know, not just the offensive, was named the MVP of that game. How do you feel about all of that as we move forward? I thought he had a very good game on a big setting, and the ESPN guys were talking about how, you know, he may have kind of silenced some of those same types of narratives that are out there. But maybe not for you as much as you like and respect him. Maybe you still think that's the position that the Beavers need to be in on in the portal and then take another step forward. Whatever your thoughts are, here we go. Dan is first up, 497-5356. Dan, good morning. Thank you for getting us started. Good morning, Mike. Yeah, what a swan, swan song for Mr. Coletto and Jaden Grant. I mean, yeah, that's what this was all about. Those guys have been through so much, and what a way to go out. Wasn't it yeah. something how uh, Coletto was used in... It, it was the perfect ending to his career because everything we've seen the jackhammer be, say, for throwing a pass, <laughs> was in play in this game, wasn't it? It, it was amazing, you know, blocking a punt, his running the ball on the fake punt, which was fabulous, some of his tackles. I mean, he did it all. Right. It was a, a perfect game for the Horning Award winner to show the nation why he won that. Uh, to me, that was a great showcase for him, one of the one of the better overall games he had in his career, and we saw a bunch of them. And as for Jaden, I mentioned – on the uh, post-game show, I don't know if you were listening, Dan, but after Jonathan Smith had been uh, given the trophy to hold up and Jonathan wanted, he said, this trophy belongs to these guys, and he wanted to kind of give it up to the players on the field. That's so typical of Jonathan. And the the person that he handed the trophy to was Jaden Grant. And that just seems symbolic to me when you talk about where the program was when Jonathan took it over and everything that Jaden went through and the type of leader and player that Jaden became in the Jonathan Smith era, it was fitting that he was handed that trophy at the end. Absolutely. Who is number 10 on our defense? Man, did he play a great game. I think he was ultra motivated for the game. He played for the Gators uh, from 2018 through 2020 and played 23 games for them in those years. Andrew Chatfield, a transfer from yeah. Florida, and you could—I mean, he had a good year, but you could tell he was extra motivated to play against his former teammates. And I could tell after the game when he was posing for some photographs, some Gator players sought him out on the field to have their photograph taken with him, even after the Gators had been swamped 30-3, to you could tell that he was a well-liked player as his former teammates came to have their photos taken with him. Yeah, I've had a couple of encounters with him after games, and he's just a nice young man. I mean, very nice. 
Yeah, and a uh, heck of a football player. He sure had a great game. I also want to, you know, I've been kind of critical of the Alumni Association and treatment of fans. They did a terrific job. They hit a home run at the Thursday night reception. Uh, they had those cowboy hats uh, that actually lit up, and the ladies at the uh, reception were just loving that. I, it mm-hmm. was just a great event, both that and the Friday morning pre pregame uh, tailgate. I mean, kudos to the Alumni Association for making a great experience for Beaver Nation. I think we ran into you on the street Thursday night on the way home from the reception. You looked a little beat up and a little tired from your walk. Dan, that was you. Okay, I wasn't. I did not make the connection that it was exactly you. But yes, I I put in. You know, Vegas has its charms and allurements and attractions. That's for sure. But you know, for me, what uh, the city presented was an opportunity to walk and walk and walk a little more. And yes, I think that day I'd put in about. The, a record walking of about 12, 13 miles during the day, just up and down the streets and, and biding the time that way, trying to make the most of it. And so, yes, I think you caught me uh, at about the end of a long day walking the streets of Vegas. But it was sure fun to be down there. Well, it certainly was. A couple other things, too. Sure. I want to talk about those online tickets. I'll tell you what, it's easier to get into Fort Knox I had six online tickets, and to get into the gates outside the stadium, you had to show your pass. To get into the building, Mm -hmm. you had to have it scanned again, and then for the VIP tickets inside, three times you had to scan those darn (laughs) online tickets. When you get a group of people together, it's like herding sheep. You know, if one person is straggling, everybody had to hold up because we had somebody to catch up with. It was just crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you persevered through all of that. You're, you're bringing images of Don Adams trying to get into his place and get smart, but I'm glad you made your way. You made your way in and got through it all. And we'll talk more about this, Dan, but Beaver Nation took over Las Vegas, right? I mean, I've heard that the number anywhere of 12 to 15,000 fans in the stands and Beaver Nation seemed to be everywhere. I just I seemed to run into dozens of people I didn't expect to run into, and everybody was just having a terrific time. And again, it, the Alumni Association event set the stage for that. Uh, last thing I want to talk about before I, mm-hmm. is the flight changes. Not only did it affect us on Saturday, but Sunday we were hanging around, and I'm, I'm at the Excalibur, and we were on a, a tram. And we were inundated with Raiders and Patriots fans on Sunday. And a lot of them were taking the tram. And I'm going, why are you going away from the Mandalay Bay? Mm-hmm. They, A lot of people did not know the game had been moved from <laughs> 5 to 1. Oh my and they had the same issues with their flights that we did. I mean, mm. there's no excuse for that. You know, the thousands of dollars that were spent by fans on both days, and to do that to them, people were late to the game. Yeah. There were, I heard fans on the tram headed the opposite way saying we couldn't change our flights. It was too expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that is too bad. I mean, I, I, I'm sure that there are more stories along those lines, Dan, and maybe we'll hear some today and this week. 
I'm glad that, again, through it all and through the hassles of, of the online tickets and all of that, it still sounds like, all things considered, you had a great time and we're, we're glad oh, to be part it, of it. it. Lifetime memories. Yeah. It, I mean, those are, for me, were just small things. Yeah. Beaver Nation being here and saluting Coletto mm-hmm. and Jaden on their last games, unbelievable. Well worth every penny of it. Dan, great to see you down there, and thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Let's go to Harold outside of Sandy. Before we break, we have open phones. Your experience of the game on television, the announcing, the watching it, the pride involved. Were there watch parties? Did you end up going? How'd you feel about the overall bowl experience? Had you been to previous Vegas Bowls? I had with the team twice. This was by far, without question, the best of the experiences. Right? I mean, it certainly felt that way to me. Did it to you, who might have gone to the other two back in the day. Harold, welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Well, thank you. Uh, I watched that game, and it was a four-hour advertisement for Coletto. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. They were were raving about him for the whole game. Yep. But the the one thing that, that impressed me the most about the whole thing was after the game, on the last snap, the Jebbia took the ball, mm-hmm. and they showed, they panned over it, and uh, he was trying to give the ball to uh, Jebbia, and Jebbia wouldn't take it. Do you mean Ben? Do you mean Ben Goldberg? He was yeah. trying to give it to Ben? Yeah, Goldberg. He would, yeah. Not, he would not take the ball. He wanted Jebbia to have that thing. Yeah, that, that speaks again to, and Jonathan was asked about it, how much Jebbia tried to help Ben, and Ben... Uh, was all in on, even with Ben playing well, I thought Ben had a good drive before Jebbia came on. There was a sense of solidarity in that. I know that got some criticism I heard in the Twitter sphere. What are we doing? We got a guy in rhythm now. What are we doing? It was pre-planned with, in a sense, the the blessing, not that you need it from both players, but they had that from Ben, a full buy-in because of how much respect, admiration he has for Tristan Jebbia, and I, I was really glad that Tristan got to have some moments on the field and take the final snap, and it doesn't surprise me at all. I didn't see what you're talking about, Harold, but it speaks to the character of the team that Ben said, no, that's your ball. You keep it. Yeah. That's great. I mean, uh, uh, Jebbia was trying to give him the ball several <laughs> times. And yeah. He just pushed him away. That's cool. Well, you keep it. <laughs> that's really cool. Well, so that. Yeah. That impressed me about that, that whole team. Yep. Thank you, Harold, so much. That's a good observation. Anything else before we turn you loose? No, sir. I just enjoyed that game immensely. Thank and you, And one sir. thing about yeah. them, about uh, Florida crying, the Blues. Yep. Hey, it was their, it was their problem that <laughs> they didn't have the people there that didn't want to stick around and play that, the game. That's not ours. That's a great point. Absolutely. Thank you, Harold. Let's break open phones, open lines. Your experience of the SRS distribution Las Vegas Bowl. Observations, experiences, comments, thoughts, hopes, uh, just your attitude and mood today after the Oregon game. When are you going to come down was the musical question. I'm not sure that I have. Seven out of eight down the stretch. Some remarkable come-from-behind wins during the season. An absolute dominant blowout in this one. What do you make of it all? Give us a call. 497-5356-1240. Joe Radio. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541 541- 
706-0-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glass Man. Let me fix the crack in your glass. For windshield repair, call me first. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Flanagan Sports is fully stocked and ready for holiday gift giving. Skis, snowboards, ski accessories, disc golf, fitness equipment, football, soccer, golf, and much more. And Play It Again Sports wants to buy your used athletic equipment. Whatever you have, bring it in now for some extra holiday cash. Buy, sell, trade, or consign. Stop by and shop local at Play It Again Sports. On 9th Street in Corvallis, the affordable way to play. Have you been putting off that remodeling project? Have you finally decided to take a leap and get it done? For over 30 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, wood, and vinyl flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beeves! Get a great deal on Kubota M-Series utility tractors. Kubota's powerful and versatile lineup is rated number one in durability and owner experience. So whether you need to mow, rake, stack, lift, or pull, you can get it done right with Kubota M-Series utility tractors. And right now, get a Kubota utility tractor for $0 down, 0% APR for up to 48 months, plus save $3,000 now through December 31st. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for a full discount. John is a landlord and has a tenant who missed a rent payment. Mary had an emergency which took up most of her paycheck and she couldn't afford her rent. John and Mary ended up in court. A month later, with another missed payment and thousands of dollars in legal fees, there was a resolution that left no one happy. Eviction doesn't need to be your first choice. Hi, this is Jared from Neighbor to Neighbor. We provide free mediation services for both landlords and tenants, which can save you time and money compared to litigation. Email me at weareN2N at gmail.com. That's weareN, the number two, N at gmail.com. Don't wait. Mediate. Get the Mexican-inspired craze you'll crave at Qdoba Mexican Eats with new brisket birria. We're talking tender, shredded beef, slow-cooked for 10 hours in chili and garlic, infusing the authentic flavors of the popular Mexican street food. Top your favorite entree or try the quesabirria quesadilla or burrito. Brisket birria layered with their signature three-cheese queso. From Mexico to food trucks and now to your plate, get in on the birria craze and order today at Qdoba.com. Hey, Beaver fans, this is Oregon State cornerback Rajon Wright, and you're listening to the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Thank you, Rajon. Part of the exciting 2022 campaign that finishes 10-3. and 3. Let's get back to calls. We've got Dave and Tootie lined up. And the University Honda text line starting to get some activity there. will be in open phones until 1 o'clock today. Tumwater was down there. Dave, I think you may have missed a call to TJ for the only time all year on his call-in show, but you managed to text me about Jeff Smolian going on with Mad Dog Russo. And exciting news, we've got Jeff himself joining us at 11.30 on Thursday. Thanks to you for the heads up. TJ got on it right away, and uh, we've got him Thursday morning. So thank you for that, Dave. Uh, Mike, I'm just delighted to be able to help out uh, just for everyone else's benefit. So I'm driving, yeah. to be, I'm driving north 
uh, on, uh, I think it was Thursday for the Seahawks game. And, uh, he just, and Smolian was on Russo's show. And I just, I, I just, as soon as that interview was, I was still driving, though I shouldn't have been. I called Mike. I said, Mike, I said, Smolian's on a book tour. I'm, I'm just absolutely sure it's a lead pipe, dead cold cinch. You can get him on the show because he wants to promote his book. I'm glad it worked out. Thank you. Uh, always glad to build some credit in your in your <laughs> mind, uh, Mike. So I'm glad to uh, thank you. Glad, glad that uh, that'll be appointment listening. So um, I, I, this this experience will be like the um, the post uh, uh, after the the game formerly known as the Civil War. I've got a week's worth of calls, Mike. So I'm going to try to use some <laughs> discretion okay. uh, just to start out. But Mike, how many times truly have you heard me say? During the years, my one of my fondest memories after the Fiesta Bowl victory, New Year's night, mm-hmm. 2001, getting the local paper the next day <laughs> and seeing a columnist write that Oregon State is is with Dennis Erickson running the program. This is this is a this is a momentous development in the future of the conference and how, for a set of circumstances we don't really need to get into, it never quite. Mm-hmm. built into what it could have been. Mike, I feel the same way right now. In fact, here in my, you can hear the paper in the back. I wave, I've got yesterday's Las Vegas uh, Review Journal sports page, front page headline, Beaver Stifling and Rop. But the subtitle, Mike, is the, is the first major point I want to make. Subtitle, Coletto Omnipresent in Final Game as Oregon State routes Florida. Mike, one of the fewest, and in fact, the only disappointing aspect of the whole situation is that I thought because of what the writer or the headline writer of the Las Vegas paper uh, highlighted, Coletto should have gotten the MVP. Nothing against Ben. Right. He played right. great. It was his best performance of the year. But Coletto should have gotten the MVP. And it's just, it's just a small tragedy that he, that he didn't. But in this era of good feeling, every, everyone out there in Beaver Nation, everyone listening now, uh, we're, kind of a, we're kind of in the warm glow mm-hmm. of this very affecting moment. But I just want, but, but because of the, the nature of uh, the, the hallmark of the season, and certainly in that bowl game, was the overpowering, strong, defensive performance. And the Beavers have the best defense in the Pac-12 Conference. Of that, there's no doubt. They kept several teams, SC, Washington, Oregon, to their season low. But I, but having built up credit, maybe it's a good thing we started with small, you Mike. And I don't want to go over, because, uh, but I just want to say, among the many key decision points that got us here, the athletic director hiring Jonathan Smith, but the key moment in this football program's trajectory. And again, I don't, I don't yeah, want to overemphasize yeah. it, but, yeah. but I think we need to understand it, was a mid-season decision by Jonathan Smith mm-hmm. to make a change in his, his assistant coaching ranks. That was the pivotal decision that got us to where we are here today. Mm-hmm. Those, of we, those who have, you and John, others, one of my long-standing riffs, that is that's part of a winning football culture, Mike. Yes, is having yeah. the having the having the courage to make tough assistant coaching personnel decisions. 
That's why I first started calling in on this show. That's why Gary Anderson, by his own admission, failed as a head coach is because, he, as he said with his own exclamation, he hired the wrong guys. This is Jonathan Smith's hallmark. Coach Mahalchik, Coach Bray, those are the differentiators in yeah. the future of this program. So I'm, it's, like, it's like New Year's morning, January 2nd, 2001, I'm feeling more optimistic now than I did that morning. There's more to talk about, but but that's the principal point I wanted to make. In this moment of great glory and excitement and promise, it was that decision by Coach Smith that put this football program where it's at. I'm not, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying no, to be downer. No. But I just I just want to emphasize that for for people's uh, uh, sake and. There, I say, maybe even edification, congratulating myself as I go along. But that was the main point I wanted to make. Well, Dave, and we have a week of shows to talk about other aspects of the game and moments and the jackhammer. Yes, somebody just said it was a four-and-a-half-hour commercial for Jack Coletto. They love him, but who doesn't? Who doesn't love Jack Coletto? Pat McAfee, I think, is going to maybe, maybe just you know re- rename his show Pat McAfee. Talking of Jack Coletto is going to be the name of his show going forward. Because every possible turn, McAfee was raving about the jackhammer and well-deserved. And I'm kind of with you on the whole, you know, Jim and I were kicking it around on the postgame show. Coming out of a game like that, who do you name as your MVP? We had Kyrie Fisher-Morris in the queue. We had Silas Bolden certainly could have been a guy. Deshaun Fenwick could have been a guy. Ben Goldbranson could have been a guy. But Jack Coletto... The volume of his work within that game and the body of his work throughout his career, I think that would have been nice. But I also felt good for Ben, a young man who sometimes gets in the crosshairs of people saying, well, this, that, and the other. I I was happy for him within the program, if that makes any sense, Dave, to get that kind of shining moment. You know what I mean? Absolutely, Mike. Yeah. No, I completely agree. It, it had to have been a very satisfying moment for him. Yeah. For for the the very the very context that he himself alluded to, apparently, yeah. about the team being one quarterback away <laughs> uh, from right. uh, from a from a higher or order of uh, football proficiency. But I said, I, there's more to talk yes. about. You got more callers. Yep. I'll say some. I've got some stuff about the future of the Las Vegas Bowl. I had a nice conversation with Jim Wilson and Barry Spiegelberg at the airport. Nice. You probably never expected to hear that as a call to the <laughs> Joe Beaver Show, but I'll save that conversation yes. for some other time. Thank you, Dave. Great to hear from you, and thanks again for the help with uh, Jeff Smolian, who will join us to talk about his book coming up on Thursday. I think the uh, title is Never Ride a Roller Coaster Upside Down. <laughs> That's good counsel, sage advice from somebody who's experienced all aspects of a roller coaster ride in his Hall of Fame career. 2D. It's a day for uh, for old friends in a very real sense. Tootie, you were down there, I believe. I thought I saw you at one point from afar. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. I was there. I was also there at the last Vegas Bowl, and I would definitely echo your sentiments. This one was so much better. And the, the fan support was so much better than the last one. Not that there weren't a lot of, you know, fans at the last one, but in comparison, when you looked at the number of people, the fact as, uh, as uh, the, uh, the uh, who was, uh, I can't remember now who was on the stage at the time, but anyway, saying, you know, he said um, that Oregon State travels well, well, that was evident, and that's yeah. what both 
people want to know. Yes, now you that's know. that's great for the Beavers on that level alone. You know, with future considerations and the whole idea of, well, which team, if we have a choice, who do we want to take if they're a bull picking in the bull pecking order? What Beaver Nation just did was establish, uh, not that, you know, I, I know in years past the Beavers traveled well, too, but I think the showing in Vegas, I think it was 15,000 is the number that I'm hearing just in terms of the stands. Uh, BeaverTickets.com sold about maybe 5,000 of those, secondary markets, the bowl itself, other things, pushed that number to 15. And, Tootie, I knew we were in good shape when the PA announcer, today's game between the Florida Gators, boo, Beaver Nation was on it early, and the Oregon State Beavers and just loud cheering. That was the theme from start to finish. Beaver Nation came, excited to be there, and came in great numbers that bodes well for being picked. You know, in the future, if that if that's factored in, Beaver Nation certainly did more than its job in showing up. Well, and and the thing is that the fans, I I didn't, you know, of course I'm working with the opposing team. I didn't see Oregon State fans being obnoxious. No, because that happens a lot of times. They were supportive of their team. That's what they were. They yeah. weren't trying to downgrade the other team. They were just supportive of their own team. But. Um, the two other things. I stayed in the Players Hotel, the Virgin Hotel. Yes. And I ran into players a lot. And every single time, they were so pleasant and they were so courteous. And, you know, I'm not young anymore. So they, they were always calling me, ma'am. Can I help you, ma'am? Do you want me to open the door, ma'am? Mm-hmm. They could not have been better representatives of the university in that respect. And so that was also, you know, very, Yeah, I, I really uplifting. I really enjoyed that. But one other thing I wanted to say is how happy I am that they re-signed Trent Bray because our defense yes. was stellar. And with him there, I think it will continue to be. And what Dave mentioned, so, you know, without, you know, going too deeply and diving too deeply into the point, it is true what Dave said in terms of maybe – that may, when you start trying to account for, well, how do you go from one and eleven to a few years later to ten and three, and a, you know you're hovering on the top ten at the end of the year national rankings? Well, there's a lot of reasons for it and a lot of answers, I suppose. But one of the key moves was made in a tough decision when you're Jonathan Smith and the head coach and running a program, and you invite a guy, and when you build your first staff to be your defensive coordinator, a highly regarded guy, and probably a, a good te- a good coach. A good position coach in terms of technique and philosophy, scheme, all of that. Tim Tibisar is that. But it wasn't quite working. You know, I mean, the Beaver defense wasn't quite what it needed to be. Jonathan knew it. Everybody, kind of all of us around the program, felt it, sensed it, knew it. Jonathan, mid, you know, not quite, a little after midseason, after the back-to-back losses to California and Colorado, made a decision that Dave is right, was, was transformative to the Beaver culture the defense has been pretty darn good almost from day one ever since and keeps getting better and better they're playing their best football right now and that's a great credit to trent bray and jonathan made the move he needed to and so did the administration in stepping up and giving him a contract through 24 that doesn't always happen for assistance i i agree with you tootie with trent on the scene jim mahalchik on the scene and jonathan is the head man on the scene i think there's a lot to be excited about in the days going forward yep i'm excited 
Yep. Thank you, Tootie. Good to talk to you. Before we break, TJ, anything on the text line yet? Any? You got? You said it's pretty quiet in Gainesville. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kip just texted in. Far as Florida fan goes, wasn't all that long ago people said the same thing about a certain small town wet weather baseball program. Okay. Uh, let's see. CBB had a nice long text. Haven't uh, correct. Haven't sniffed t- 2001 Fiesta Bowl if playoff existed in terms of not winning a national championship. Yeah. Will never. Don't care if that never happens. Mm-hmm. Ecstatic if it does. All I'll say is, I mean, that this staff could make a playoff in the expanded playoff. I mean, 12 teams. This team will finish in the top 12. That's that's all we have to say. Okay. Uh, and the, just a lot of uh, thank you for CBB for this text. Just a lot of words there after that. Uh, Dave from Sandy said was listening to you up until the fourth quarter. We had to run to the end of the uh, to go watch the game at a local pub at the end of the uh, at the end of the game. <laughs> great statement by the bees. Yeah. Uh, great job to the whole team. Let's grow from here. Uh, and then just uh, one about McAfee. Not my cup of tea, but his call from the Florida field goal was classic. Yes, it was. It. it was funny. Hey, one of the biggest moments in Florida football history. You know, it was funny. I and Herb Street could hardly contain himself laughing in the background. By the way, I hope to hear from some of you about all of that. I don't know if you mm-hmm. took calls on that. <laughs> To, to to kick or not to kick the field goal to get points. I almost think the Beavers' defense was too good, and it played Florida into, look, from the 23-yard line, that's too far, so we're going to kick the field goal. Had they not sacked the guy in the previous play, they might have tried to hit the end zone one more time. But from 23 yards out, Jim Wilson, I know, didn't have much of a philosophical problem mm-hmm. with them kicking three there. So we had someone call in who coached football. I forget his name. Mm-hmm. I do. But he said that was the right decision. Yeah, he it, said, it probably as a coach, was. As a right. coach, he's like, well, that is the right decision. I thought about it. It's like, well, theoretically, it does actually go from a five-score game to a four-score game, and you kick a field goal. <laughs> it does. Okay. Well, maybe if you go 37 for, seconds left. I'm not sure how the multiple may, score situation. Maybe, maybe if you go for two every time, I guess it's still technically four scores. You have to recover a lot of onside kicks and right. score quickly. Right. Hey, let, <laughs> let's take. We haven't even touched on other aspects of the weekend. The most miraculous finish in the same stadium the next day. Oh, my, oh my goodness. God. In the same stadium we were in. Never seen anything like it. And when I think about our own season, let's talk a little bit about it now in full. Fresno State, Stanford, Oregon. These and you know, I heard my final call. They played it on the Andy Staples deal earlier, and it's just Tristan Jebbia takes a knee. The Beavers have a ten-win season in the books. They defeat Florida thirty to none of the high drama that punctuated so much of the season. It was just eh, ho hum, a twenty-seven point blowout of Florida in a bowl game. It was exciting. There were exciting moments, but the Beavers were so firmly and fully in control that you know, my own pitch and my own excitement level never needed to rise to what it did in Fresno or on the farm with those amazing wins. So when you look back over the season, what are some of your favorite moments, sequences, players on this team, the jackhammer himself, et cetera? Let's uh, talk about it sort of in reflection now. And then not only in reflection, but how you feel going forward. 497-5356, 1240 Joe Radio. 
Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541 758 Edward Jones, member SIPC. Built upon a solid foundation of cast iron and steel, it's the Kubota L-Series tractor. It's part of a Kubota tractor lineup that's rated number one in durability and owner experience. The durable Kubota L1 features powerful diesel engines and is easy to operate. Visit Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent or go to LynnBentonTractor.com. We're still doing business the American way. What's your power like today? Are you driving a powerful vehicle or are you just getting there? Fall and winter is coming and Power Honda in Albany has the CRV, Pilot, HRV, Odyssey, Passport SUVs, Ridgeline trucks, and over a thousand pre-owned vehicles to choose from to help you get to where you're going this fall and winter. So come experience the power at Power Honda in Albany or go to mypowerhonda.com. Taste the incredible flavors of India at Evergreen Indian Restaurant. Enjoy delicious made-to-order Indian cuisine using traditional recipes and fresh ingredients, including a variety of entrees and tandoori specials. Evergreen Indian Restaurant is open for dine-in and carry-out from 11.30 to 2.30 p.m. and from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. daily except on Tuesdays. View the menu and order online at evergreenindianrestaurant.com on Southwest 3rd in downtown Corvallis and West 7th in Eugene. Evergreen Indian Restaurant. John is a landlord and has a tenant who missed a rent payment. Mary had an emergency which took up most of her paycheck and she couldn't afford her rent. John and Mary ended up in court. A month later, with another missed payment and thousands of dollars in legal fees, there was a resolution that left no one happy. Eviction doesn't need to be your first choice. Hi, this is Jared from Neighbor to Neighbor. We provide free mediation services for both landlords and tenants, which can save you time and money compared to litigation. Email me at weareN2N at gmail.com. That's weareN, the number two, N at gmail.com. Don't wait. Mediate. At Albin's Plumbing, we're boring. Hi, I'm Katie Albin, and I want everyone to know that at Albin's Plumbing, we're boring. Directional boring, to be exact. So if you need to run a pipe underground, under a driveway, or under a sidewalk, and you don't want to destroy your yard in the process, the boring people at Albin's Plumbing can help you with your directional boring. Just give us a call. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. Heading down the stretch in hour one, open phones the rest of the way today in hour number two. Dave, thank you for calling. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Oh, man, it's a great day. It's uh, a great, great week and everything for Beavers. Huh? The basketball team played well. Football yes. team played better than I could have hoped for. Hey, just a quick, couple quick points. Uh, you know, that field goal with me, something my brother, he, he said, boy, that's like, Bunting in the bottom of the ninth and break up a, a no hitter, and I, I said, and I said, I said, man, he missed the fifty-two yarder earlier, and, and he needed some film for the transfer portal. So they, they had to get some shots. 
<laughs> you know, I was, I was, you know, you could certainly hear Beaver Nation. I mean, the the only drama there's been this season's been filled with high drama. The only drama in the end was can you can you hold the shutout? Can you pitch the shutout? And I love the fact, Dave. I don't know if you could hear it through the TV, but the fans were on their feet, just as loud when it was thirty to nothing in that last drive for Florida. And it's disappointing. There was one missed tackle. The Beavers tackled so well all season and in that game, but on an out to the Florida receiver, uh, the DB tried to get kind of a kill shot and missed on the tackle, and that allowed them to get down deep and put them kind of in striking distance. Yeah, that's right. And all said and done, it doesn't matter. No, no, it doesn't. Hey, just a couple quick comments about Coletto. I mean, the things he did – you know, taking the pick, blocking the punt, yeah. and, and taking the fake. It's the other things that he, the times he didn't touch the ball, when he lined up and he snapped it through his legs, I mean, yeah, they understand he's a threat. And when he's in there, especially on offense, they, teams understand he's, he's has that potential to change the game, right? Even if he doesn't touch the ball. He exactly. That. That, oh. That's a mark of a, a heck of a player. Wow, what a! It was a joy to watch him, wasn't it? And just the evolution of the of the Coletto package and all of those things. Dave, it's been great talking to you all year. Let's keep it going. Thanks for the call today. We appreciate it. We uh, wrap up hour number one. We've got an hour to go, and hope to hear from you. Whatever your level of perspective is on the Las Vegas Bowl, on the ten and three season, favorite moments, players. Uh, a thought about from you, what you think going forward. We'd love to hear from you next hour right here at 1240. Joe Radio. This, thing on? this is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240. Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with your money now. Another mysterious move by Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk. While the social media site realizes users may be active on other platforms, going forward, Twitter will no longer allow free promotion of specific social media platforms. Those now prohibited platforms include Facebook, Instagram, and upstarts such as Mastodon and Donald Trump's Truth Social. It has been an uncertain and volatile year in global energy markets, but it's been a boon for coal producers. The International Energy Agency says global use is on pace to hit a record high this year. In a report, the agency said rising oil prices prompted a wave of alternatives, driving coal demand up to 8 billion metric tons. Hopefully, none of it landing in stockings come Christmas morning. U.S. oil futures did settle higher today, up about 1.5%. Stocks, meanwhile, are losing ground for a fourth straight session. The indexes show the S&P 500 down 50 points, the Dow Industrials down 310, the Nasdaq's down 180. That's your money now. Innovation. Resilience. Agility. It's how Michigan businesses work together and continue to build the future. Our expertise, talented workforce, and collaborative environment are making a difference now and shaping the future. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org slash radio to put your plans in motion. That's michiganbusiness.org slash radio. At Total Wine and More, save big on what you love this December with hundreds of deals. Get up to 35% off over 200 different wines and spirits, including Cabernet, Sparkling Wine, Single Barrel Bourbon, and so much more. 
These savings are huge. And even better, they're on top of prices that are already the lowest in town. Deals this good don't last long. So visit Total Wine & More to find yours. Love what you find at the lowest price. Only at Total Wine & More. So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. Oh, she rattles off. That's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. All right already. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. Stargazer Premier Florist knows that the holiday season is a special time with special meaning and that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and leave them feeling appreciated for any occasion. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants always delivered fresh with a focus on keeping families and friends connected. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 North. Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, here with another Golf Minute to help you with the over-under in your golf swing. One of the most common faults in the golf swing with mid to high handicap players is having an over-the-top move, where the rear shoulder pushes the club across the target line. Here's one tip to quickly cure the swing fault. Feel as if you keep your back turned to the target at the start of the downswing. When you do, your arms drop the club head inside the target line. Then when you do turn your upper body towards the target, the club head is delivered from the inside and on a shallower path to impact. To check on doing this correctly, make your downswing in slow motion. When the club is halfway down, you are in correct position if a line through your shoulders points to the right of the target. So remember, to help stop coming over the top, keep your back turned to the target as the club starts down and your scores will go down as well. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. Hi, it's Drew Barrymore here with a few of my favorite things that are absolutely free. Taking a walk in the rain, petting a dog, and streaming movies and TV shows on Pluto TV. Did I just say Pluto TV is free? Yes, I did. You can even watch Pluto TV for free while you pet a dog. Pluto TV has thousands of movies and TV shows all for free. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. You've been putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. What's the worst that could happen? You get pulled over, your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. The results of driving drunk are tragic. That's why law enforcement is out there looking for impaired drivers to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. The following is a production of the Two Docs Broadcasting Network. There's no place like home. Home, where my fox is keeping home. Oh, from. I suppose your name is Smith. Seven, eight, nine. Indeed, Niner Jonathan Smith has come home. Smith sets up, post corner, Rob Prescott makes the catch at the 20, to the 10, to the 5, touchdown, Beaver! Full of promise for the return of something long. Smith on a shotgun.
Prescott throws on the post. Caught! And on his way in is Robert Prescott! Touchdown, Beavers on the slam! As Jonathan returns, so does the Joe Beaver Show with the familiar names. His name is Mike. Mike Parker. You do know him, don't you? And... But John isn't torment. John isn't Davos or the Red Woman or Stannis for that matter. John is John. And their familiar means of wailing guests. Get that fellow's number! Get his number! But it's one number Nine. that we rally around as we welcome you to the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. It's good to be back you know, that was the open that we put together going into the 2018 season upon the return of Jonathan Smith. Every year we've got a little bit of a different kind of theme with the open. We revived that one from the archives to roll into the second hour today because it felt appropriate. That we were hoping full of promise for the return of something lost, as Bruce Coburn sang so beautifully years ago. And it has... It, it, it is coming to pass, and I can say it's fully come to pass. It's in the process of happening. And I'm just curious as we move into our second hour today, Mike Parker with T.J. Mathewson, John Warren on uh, important family business today. We expect him back tomorrow. But what your thoughts are about this whole process and from where the program was, and are any of you, we've had a few of you call over the years, and this year in particular, and say, that you just said, well, I was wrong about about the hire of Jonathan. Some of you, even though you loved him, even though you loved him as a player and, and had all of the respect in the world for him as a person, and et cetera, you were a little dubious at the time of bringing Niner back in the hire. And you've said so on this show. So if, you, if there's anything along those lines you want to be candid about today, just, hey, look. He's proven me wrong. I, I, I wasn't sure about him. I loved him, but I wasn't sure he was the right guy at the right time for the program. What are your thoughts now? How do you like me now? I think Toby's saying, right? Is that a Toby Keith tune? How do you like me now? Jim Wilson brings that up every once in a while in the booth. When a formerly maligned player makes a play, he'll take his headset off. How do you like me now? <laughs> kind of like the tune. Now that I'm coming to you out of your radio or something to that effect. Well, anyhow... What do you think now? And not only, and maybe you were excited and on board and everything that you hoped would happen has happened. But I'm not sure that he's done when Jonathan, that famous phrase from last year that gets trotted out on occasion, we ain't done yet. I feel like there's a sense almost today and after the 10 win season and the victory that it feels like, well, how do you top this? What is this the culmination of the five year plan? And look where you. I don't think so. I think <laughs> there's there's more to aspire for now, and he ain't done yet. And I, but I don't want to get too carried away. But maybe we ought to. Maybe we ought to to really revel in this, savor it, and believe that that Florida taunter on Twitter was wrong about. And you never will. You know, I, Bob Roberts, the, the funny, entertaining film with Tim Robbins singing uh, sings a song, complain and complain. Uh, some people are rich, uh, some people must have, some never will, he says uh, in his uh, uh, rather uh, obnoxious way. 
smiling. Some never will. That's what the Florida fan with his three national championships was trying to tell Beaver Nation when we were celebrating the 30-3 to win. Yeah, I'm not so sure about the never. I'm, and that's what the season and the win and the defense and winning 10 games when your quarterback situation was somewhat unsettled and maybe not quite as productive as uh, most quarterback seasons at Oregon State are. They go 10-3 and three with a power run game, an elite offensive line, a defense that got better and better. I like, I like the position the Beavers are in. And what are your thoughts, not only that moving forward, your reflection on the season itself, the game itself, and would love to hear from some of you who made it down and you're back from Vegas and weigh in on what the Vegas Bowl experience was like, the events that were put on. We had Dan say the Alumni Association put on some great events. Did you go? Did you participate? What were your favorite moments? And would love to hear from some of you about the telecast. Jim and John and I got to call the game from Allegiant Stadium. What a far superior setup to the year before in SoFi. I mean, this was a world of difference and a world better. I guarantee you that in, in all respects. But how did it come across to you? And do you agree with Coach Tinkle who told me, Park, it was a four-and-a-half-hour commercial for Oregon State? And he liked it. He li- thought that Herbie and, and McAfee and, and the others were, were very good to Oregon State. Did you feel that during the course of the day? 497-5356. 497-5356. The Downward Dog phone line is open. The University Honda text line available. Let's go to Paul as we head into hour number two, see what's on his mind. Paul, good afternoon. Oh gee, there's a there's not too much on my mind, Mike. Really, except it was a was a great weekend to be a Beaver. That's for sure. Yes. Uh, and uh, my son, I guess, has listened to Pat McAfee's podcast, and he says he's just a hoot. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy just just got the gift of gab that won't quit, and he literally reminded me of Bill Walton just the <laughs> way he about his business. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little of that. I mean, some some odd riffs. I, I've kind of watched most of the game back, Paul. And, yeah, I could see some Walton-esque elements. I agree with you. Well, hey, there's a, I just got an article on Facebook uh, about uh, kicking the field goal. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jaden Grant says, uh, we can feel any way we want, but uh, we let them down there. We let them get down there. I can be mad because they took the points or whatever, or you can just look in the mirror and say, dang, you yep. shouldn't have let them do that. That's and the accountability. The That's the accountability that Oregon State football has that I respect and appreciate. It, you know, I think uh, Jim Wilson was saying on the radio broadcast at the end of the game, you don't want him to kick the field goal, well, then block it. <laughs> you know, do something. Don't let him score. And so Jaden's taking accountability right to the end for allowing uh, Florida to get down the field and put themselves in position to score. That's exactly what I said. Let's block the field goal. Yeah, right. But the best part of the article is here at the end. This is Nick Dashel. says, Noting a shutout was lost, Smith smiled and took a playful jab at his defensive coordinator, Trent, Trent Bray. It's good, to keep, it's good to keep Trent's ego in check. Trent had a shutout. And if, if Trent had a shutout this game, said Smith, his eye looking at the locker room doors, yeah. his head couldn't get through both doors. That's <laughs> funny to be able to joke about that, too. And, and Jimmy also pointed out, Paul, 
during, uh, I can't remember, so there was some sort of moment where a Florida receiver made a play and made a catch, and there was a little jawing going on, I think, with Alex Austin and a Florida player, and the Florida player was saying something, and Alex just pointed up <laughs> to the scoreboard. That was his eloquent retort. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's kind of like uh, uh, Larnick pointing at the fans, yes. you know, saying, look what I did after he hit the home run in, <laughs> right. in Omaha. That is the best retort of all, no doubt. It is. And, uh, yeah, and I'm sorry we couldn't hear you, Mike, but we could. you weren't even on uh, Rip City Radio. When, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, I think the uh, – well, where were you, Paul, during the game? I was up in Washington at my son's house in uh, – I tried uh, simple radio, of course, and we couldn't find the pregame or anything. And then I heard about the station going down. Uh, yeah, Paul, we did not have the rights to stream the game. I don't, I don't know who exactly had the rights, but I don't think the network stations had the rights to stream this game. Well, I mean, how come Mike's not even Mike's broadcast? You mean? Nope. I mean, oh. we could only run it. You could run it over terrestrial radio. Yeah, terrestrial if you're radio, an affiliate. Yeah. Terrestrial radio, we had the rights, so we. But streaming wise, the only thing we could stream was the tailgate show and the call-in show. That was it. I wasn't. I wasn't on terrestrial radio. I wasn't on stream. I don't stream. Well, I couldn't uh, find you on terrestrial radio. Not even on eleven ninety KEX because that is the carrier in Portland, not Rip City Radio. Uh, they carry the game sometimes, and they carry baseball. But Rip City might have had a Blazer yeah, conflict Blazer, and thus did not simulcast. Blazers played at, I think, uh, 4 o'clock on Saturday. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. No, they were, they were, they were, they had sports talk radio on. Mm, okay. And, uh, no, I didn't even, I couldn't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't even see 1190 and I didn't think about it. Okay. Okay, you Paul. We weren't on 1240. How come you weren't on 1240? We were. Yeah. But we were. you just couldn't yeah. hear the stream. Yeah, only on terrestrial. Well, I have it on simple radio. That's yeah. not a stream. Yes, it is. A, that is a unless you fit, have a physical radio. That is a, um, that is stream. I got you. Yeah. Okay, I get the picture now. Yeah. Thanks for trying, though, Paul. We appreciate it. <laughs> Anything else before we turn you loose? No, no. I was just. Uh, it wasn't a surprise to me how uh, how we did, and uh, and I really. You did see the part where they interviewed uh, Jonathan Smith after he put. Uh, uh, Jebby, mm -hmm. that was well done. I mean, it was in the heat of the moment, and I thought Jonathan uh, and McAfee or Herbie or somebody said to Laura, "Great interview," because Laura asked the exact right questions about how that all came about and what Jonathan's plans were going forward. I thought it was a good moment for Jonathan to, as Kirk Herbstreit or somebody said, "Hey, that's candor. That's being very honest about this whole process," and they appreciated that up in the booth. That kind of scares me. If there's any other colleges watching that game, they go, we like this guy. We've got to hire him. Well, I do think that's why uh, we saw a raise and another year added to the deal. And I, I think Jonathan is happy. We're happy. I, I, I was asked today by Andy Staples on national radio on the Sirius XM Pac-12 channel, you're going to have to keep, are you going to have to play defense with Jonathan? And I think the answer to that is yes, but that's a good thing because I think that, Scott Barnes has been proactive in that, uh, with fully recognizing that, and I think there's a reciprocity of uh, of contentment 
on the part of the administration, certainly, but I think on Jonathan's part in this community and in this program at his alma mater. So, I, yeah, I, I, I get nervous about things like that once in a while, Paul. But right now, no, I feel pretty settled and pretty good about the immediate and even long-term future because I think it's going to be a long time with Jonathan at the helm. Kirk Herbstreit did bring up, did you notice this, though? He brought up, well, what's the situation with the uh, Pac-12 conference and its future? And McAfee said, Herbie, if you don't know, why are you asking us? <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, la- I laughed at that. And I, I also feel that that, even though Herbie brought it up late in the game, I think that, too, is settling down a little bit. I'm feeling better about all of that as we move forward as well. Right, right. And uh, the other thing that Jonathan said when he was asked about his new contract, he said, well, I had a little leverage there. You know, uh, there was people people asking about me. Jonathan, Jonathan said that? Yes, he did. To who? He said, Where did I he? saw the interview. To, with, it, who did he say that to? That's that. That's kind of a new one on me. I, I, it's hard for me to even imagine hearing that phrase escape his lips. I had a little leverage on that. I mean... I forget who was doing the interview, but that's exactly what he said. He said, I had a little leverage because people have been calling. Well, okay. Uh, I didn't hear that. If he did say it during the course of the week, that's news to me. And that doesn't, that doesn't ring, as Gandalf would say. It doesn't quite ring true. But anyway, I'll, I'll trust you on it. If you heard it, I'll, he did. I mean, I don't think there's anything. That, that's true. But... I just I would be surprised if that's how it came out, actually. But I'll look into it and see if, if indeed what you say is so. Yeah, see if you can find that interview. He just kind of offhandedly said it, you know, just mentioned it. You know, he didn't okay. look into the camera and say, you know, I really had the upper hand uh, okay. here. He just yeah. said, I had a little leverage, yeah. which is low-key like Jonathan Smith is. Uh, yes, and doing such an amazing job. Thank you, Paul, for the call. Let's yeah, we'll go to John here in a second. You got something, TJ? Yeah, on? a couple of things about the stream. A couple of people are texting about that. Mike in Seattle said you could listen on the Varsity app. Yes, they they were allowed to stream the game, and someone said KEX had the stream as well. So oh. here's why we didn't. There's a net. They send a network email before every week when there's coverage of Beaver athletics, and on the on the email it says. Network stations, the, we, we, you guys cannot stream this game. So that's why we did not. And Shane from Corral says, well, you guys streamed the, the bowl game last year. Uh, yes, we did. And I'm going to take a guess that we probably weren't supposed to stream okay. the bowl game last year. So that's just a, the, you know. But the Varsity Network app is not the same as the 1240 stream. It is not. Right? No, it is not. It is not. And the whole game is archived on there if you want to go listen to it. Let's go to John on the Joe Beaver Show and the Downward Dog phone line. Hello, John. Good afternoon, Mike couple of comments you were uh, mentioning well maybe we could improve you know, over this year and i think the thing people are overlooking maybe a little bit probably not you look what we did without a passing game and and i think there's every reason that and john jonathan's not he may be dumb but he ain't stupid and he knows what needs to be fixed in the offense so i would bet you we may not have the number one passing offense in the pack next year but it's going to be a heck of a lot better than it was this year and there's no reason to think that other aspects of the game are going to go down that much. I think it's I'm optimistic that we're going to do better for that, you know, for that reason, uh, um, if nothing else. Um, the other thing is we heard repeatedly, oh, this Florida team, so many players weren't playing and this and that. And I didn't realize till I read somewhere, maybe it was after the game, they were missing a total of four 
starters. Yes, the quarterback wasn't there, mm-hmm. and he probably would have helped. But I think we may have been missing more than four starters. So I'm not sure even if they hadn't had people drop out that the outcome of the game would have been all that different. We had a good team at the end. That's a great point, too. There is a lot being made. It was a shorthanded team and uh, that they didn't have all of their – they were missing, you know, a key guy. We have to acknowledge that up front and the quarterback, Anthony Richardson. But Anthony himself was up and down during the course of the year. I mean, the, the Florida record indicates that. He would have made a pretty big difference in their overall approach. I have no doubt about that, too. But I still think what you're saying is true, John, that the Beavers still would have won this football game and probably in double digits. I, they were just better. That's right. And, and by the way, to their credit, the announcers, I ne- at least I never heard them bring up the fact that, oh, there's this difference is because Florida has, right. you know, so many players aren't playing. They, I, I never heard them mention that at all. Maybe they did, but I missed it. But they just really didn't make a big deal out of it. Well, I'll tell you what, though. Do you agree with me, John, and TJ did early? While the Beavers did dominate the game, and they dominated physically, and they were faster, they were better. I'm not sure I've seen a team hit quite as hard as that. During the course of the year, some of those blows from the secondary people and a couple of their linebackers, but the secondary guys in particular, some massive hits. And the Beaver players held on to their great credit. You know what I'm saying, John? Oh, yeah, no turnovers. I agree. They were hitting like crazy. But keep in mind, I think in some ways this game was kind of like the Oregon game in a sense that I think by the second half, We've worn them out. Yeah. I mean, the reason we dominated so much more, just like with Oregon, I think, yeah, they, they're secondary and definitely hard-hitting. But I think all in all, we have a pretty tough outfit that tended to wear outfits yeah. down, and I think they did here. That's yep. And that's thanks. true, and that's what's yeah, Thanks for the call, John. And let's we'll take a break on that note. If you'd like to join us, we have open phones for the rest of the hour and the text line. Four nine seven fifty three fifty six. What were your favorite plays and moments in the game? The creativity shown by Brian Lindgren and the offense, I thought, was was really special in this game. But for me, it might have been a play that indicated everything about the will, the desire, the strength. Jam Griffin's touchdown on the toss to the on the sweep right when Trey Dean the third. Their leading tackler, one of their best players, has him bottled up at the five, it appeared. And I, I didn't get too excited about it because I saw that one-on-one match. Ooh, this is, this is probably not going to be the scoring play. And Jam with a stiff arm and a spin and a broken tackle scored. And that just, to me, felt like this is what today is all about, that the Beavers want it more. Uh, they're better in a one-on-one situation. In that case, Jam Griffin fighting off Florida's number one defensive player to score a touchdown in a one-on-one battle on the sideline. That was a sweet moment. Silas Bolden's layout diving catch early. Oh, my goodness. It was a good throw by Goldbranson, but the catch was better. The touchdown pass that Ben made to Silas. Silas showed up big time in this game. That bodes well for the Beaver receiving core going into next year. There's just a lot of things to really be excited about as we go to break. I'm curious about what you most enjoyed in the bowl game, what you were most excited about for the Beavers' future, what you made of the overall 10-3 and season, and any sort of concluding thoughts about 
the Paul Horning Award winner, the jackhammer himself, and how he was used, and how, how much he adapted, and the intelligence, the sheer intelligence he has to have to do all the things that he does. Good for him. Good for all of us to get to experience that. Anything you'd like to join us with, 497 1240 Joe Radio. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis is all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people. See, it all starts with over 35 fresh toppings to choose from, multiple dough options, multiple crust options, and multiple cheese options, including vegan and dairy-free choices. See, we make all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people every day. Woodstock's Pizza, all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. Get a great deal on Kubota M-Series utility tractors. Kubota's powerful and versatile lineup is rated number one in durability and owner experience. So whether you need to mow, rake, stack, lift, or pull, you can get it done right with Kubota M-Series utility tractors. And right now, get a Kubota utility tractor for $0 down, 0% APR for up to 48 months, plus save $3,000 now through December 31st. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for a full disclaimer. Have you been putting off that remodeling project? Have you finally decided to take a leap and get it done? For over 30 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, wood and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands that you know, love and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering and go Beeves. In sports, it's important to have a talented starting lineup. The same is true if you need some advice with personal or business tax planning or just some help with strategy. See the starting lineup at Tax and Wealth Management, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, or Robert Berry. They have the experience you need to successfully execute the game plan every time. They'd also like to take this moment to wish all of their clients and friends a very safe and joyous holiday season. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. Hey everyone, if you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon, the best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. finally got the christmas music thank you thank you we'll hear that off and on during the rest of the week mike parker with tj matthewson we expect john to be back tomorrow he is where he needs to be in dealing with a family uh, situation over at the coast and uh, we expect john back tomorrow but uh, i i can say because he shared it with us our condolences his father-in-law has passed and so his wife kim in tillamook and john is there and 
Uh, so John, again, is where he needs to be making the long trip over, and we'll see John back here tomorrow. Appreciate uh, all that he did in his outstanding work at the Las Vegas Bowl as the sideline reporter with Ron Callen at the Maui Jim Maui Classic. Talia scores 41 in one game. And then LSU turned into LSU in the second quarter. A good first quarter last night. Not so good in the second quarter thereafter. LSU is very good. The Beavers are still a pretty young building team. Scott Ruick, brilliant in his approach. The women are going to win a lot of games this year and in the seasons to come, but uh, they ran into a a very good team last night, Kim Mulkey's LSU uh, squad. If you have any thoughts about basketball along the way, we're football-centric here as well. We should be coming off the Beavers' romp in the Las Vegas Bowl over Florida. Uh, Dave is wondering if John ended up getting Laura Rutledge. I don't remember. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He did, and it was a good moment. with John and Laura visiting together uh, briefly. And Laura was kind. She does a great job also. But it was really fun to work with John in that context. I love Ron Callen, and we've worked together many years now. But because Ron was in Maui, John was on the sidelines, and all of his contributions uh, had a lot uh, of valuable information, some excellent interviews along the way. Talked to Scott Barnes at one point, and... Scott said, as John and Scott looked up together into the stands at Allegiant Stadium, they threw out the number 15, about 15,000. I don't know how you felt about it, if you were among that 15, but did that seem about right? And if so, that's a tremendous number. That's 15,000 at the Las Vegas Bowl. If that's how Beaver Nation traveled, good good for you, good for everybody. If you were among the travelers, What were your thoughts about the bowl experience, the game itself, the venue itself? How do you compare Allegiant to SoFi? Any of those sorts of things. 497-5356. And did any of you who are back now stay for that little NFL skirmish yesterday? And if so. The most ridiculous question I think I've ever heard in broadcasting. And I get it. In the high emotion of the moment... Things happen. You say things maybe you'd like to reel back and wish you hadn't said or you said something else. I don't know who was on the call. Maybe it was the Raiders broadcasters now. I don't know. But there was something to the effect of after Jacoby Myers threw uh, the pa- the lateral, the backward pass that was intercepted by Chandler, Chandler Jones, who ran it into the house for the touchdown. In the aftermath, the play-by-play guy says, have you ever seen anything like that? The answer to that question a hundred million times, no, nobody ever has. Nobody ever will see anything like that again. And the analyst immediately said, no, 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 I haven't. Of course no one's ever seen anything like that, TJ. I have both the Raiders call and the Patriots call. I want to hear them both, but we'll get okay. to Guy first. Okay. Seriously, if any, did any <laughs> of you stay over for that? I mentioned it on the air with the Raiders game being moved up, necessitating the earlier start turned into a chance to see both games. But if you have any thoughts on that and that whole lateral type approach, it was an amazing finish. No, the answer is no. No one had ever seen anything like that, nor will you ever again. That's a band is out on the field type moment for a game to end like that. It's a tie game. God. What do you do? <laughs> it's do you unbelievable. Do? Take a knee and go to overtime. <laughs> Instead of throwing a, how many yards in the air it was, was like that pass? 20 yards backwards across <laughs> the field. And, <laughs> 
There's nobody back there. It, <laughs> it was, was just Mac Jones. Is Mac Jones going to catch that pass? Yeah. And the ultra athlete he is runs 60 yards? I don't think so. <laughs> that was unbelievable indeed. And we haven't even touched on what, and if you want to, in open phones, we'll talk more about it as the week goes along. This is the Joe Beaver Show. But what a weekend of stuff. And I kept reading on Twitter that what we saw was the best World Cup final ever in World Cup history. For those of you who are soccer aficionados, did you watch that? And do you agree with that kind of hyperbole that it was the best World Cup final ever? Just with the superstars doing their thing and the extra time and the settled in spectacular fashion did you watch that as part of this amazing weekend we're here to talk about beavers and the other football and beaver football but if you you want to weigh in on that just to sort of top it off seeing what happened in the nfl game in the same stadium and the world cup final being described by many who i respect and would know far better than i ever would best world cup final ever yes yes what do you think let's go to guy with bill on deck guy good afternoon Hey, Mike. Hey, guy. Good to, good to hear your voice. Um, it's always wonderful to hear all your calls and stuff. You know, I didn't realize about John, so I'm <laughs> sorry. That goes out to him yes. and his dad. Yes. Thank you, you know, guy. And he, he appreciates that. We'll talk a little more about it tomorrow, but that's why he's not here today. Yeah. Many blessings to him and all of that. Yes. So thank you. Um, got a son that lives up in uh, Seattle, and he's one of the biggest Raider fans. Him and his brother, and they actually travel to so many of the games. And they live in Seattle, and they go all oh, these see chickens like they <laughs> they can't stand it. So this is going to be something that they're going to revel on. And I didn't even know that that happened at the time. I heard it later, and I've heard the call a couple of times. It's like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding? <laughs> Two scores in that short a time, and you win the freaking game. That's, that's incredible. Yes, it was. No question about it. In the same stadium that we saw being transformed, as soon as the players started to leave, even before, they were starting to roll up that turf to roll in their grass field. It was uh, quite the setting for us to get to watch the beginnings of what then turned out to be on that same field, albeit grass, the next day. One of the more remarkable finishes in the history of the sport. Oh, man, I'll bet. And I know I, I heard you talk about, well, I wonder what they do. Do they pull uh, mm-hmm. a turf over the top, or what do they do? And I think it was Jim Wilson that said, no, they they have a grass turf, and they just pull it over the top. So to get to be there, and I saw a little segment on the TV with uh, one of our lady announcers from a local TV station that, Mm -hmm. talking and behind her i could see what they were doing and i thought oh my gosh that is amazing yes and they didn't just lay it over they removed the turf and then bring the grass field in it that's you can see why they needed all the extra time and why our game was moved up you know about five hours they needed all that time to make sure the field was properly in place Wow. So they actually did remove the uh turf and then pulled in the grass huh yes 
It was quite a process. Wow, <laughs> wow what a process. Oh, that's amazing. And, you know, <laughs> we, we, we don't get that station that was airing the thing on the TV but had it on the radio, and Francie was here listening, and I just thought I had the one moment after about almost four weeks to get to a little place in golf, and I kept a little radio on me. So I was putting it in my ear as we were going along a few times, and I let the guys know what was going on. And by the time we are on the ninth hole, I was like, are you kidding? It's Thirty to nothing, <laughs> and Mike just said there's five fifty one to go in a game, and yeah. it's thirty to nothing. So it's like, oh, oh my God, I'm jumping up and down. Well, and yeah, well, I paused that hole, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, inspired, hey. inspired. Hey, guy, say hi to Francie hey. for us. Anything else? No, it's just like I, you know, this is a great, great thing. I mean. The Beavs and Jonathan, I'm glad to have uh, a team that's a part of it because we help keep them going in the background. And what these guys are doing, we hope we can uh, just continue to keep them elevated and keep them covered with whatever they need to do. We'll be there, and they can go on and... And, and continue yeah. to rise up. We look forward to it, Guy. Great to hear from you. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Bill on the Downward Dog phone line. If you have any contributions, that frees a line, as the man likes to say, at 497-5356, the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line, the same number. Your reaction to what you saw unfold, the season itself. Bill in Portland. Is this Bill Chisholm? Bill, good afternoon. Well, I'm not going to give out my last name. I just did. Oh, (laughs) well, I can say no. Yeah, you can. Is it? No, it isn't. Well, okay. What do you got, Bill? Oh, you know, Mike, I've been listening every day and enjoying all this, just taking a warm bath and all this fever success. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for someone that's been going to the game since 1962, this is pretty darn exciting. And, That's a good you know, run. you're right. I go and look at all of the, the Gainesville newspapers and TV stations. Just, I can't get enough of it. But to me, there's, there's two sides to this story, starting with that last game that we had at home um, and all the way up till today. The story is the Beavers now and not that other green and yellow team. <laughs> and I get a bigger kick out of that. <laughs> than a lot of the Beaver success. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a lot of people that feel the same. I don't have to listen to that, you know, that green and yellow talk on TV and in the newspapers and everywhere and from their fans and everything. It's, it's all about the Beavers for the last couple of weeks. And to me, that has been the most enjoyable part of this whole last, you know, month or so. It's just been awesome. So... Yeah, the Beavers have had a stage. They've had a stage, in a sense, to themselves since the way they won the rivalry game and the build-up into this game, and then the beat-down of Florida in this game. You're, you're not wrong, Bill. It's been a, it's been a nice showcase and stage. Uh, did you, do you concur with Coach Tinkle too that it was a nice showcase and stage, and in a sense, an advertisement, an ad, a promotion for Beaver Athletics during the course of the telecast? 
It was. Yeah, we had an East Multnomah County watch party out in Gresham um, at Buffalo Wild Wings. We had a good time. A lot of beavers and a lot of people that you know. But, um, yes, it was. And, and um, Pat McAfee was was the biggest booster. He was just incredible for the beavers. And I'm sure glad he was on that um, mm-hmm. on that broadcast. Just, because he was all over, of course, Coletto. He's the president of Coletto's fan club sure, now. Sure, sure. But um, yeah, it was it was nothing but beavers all the way. It was uh, it was just it was a great broadcast. Um, it it's got to just be beneficial in so many ways, recruiting and image, and um, you know, hopefully, people will send money into the NIL you know, to the collectives and stuff. It's just got to yeah. be beneficial in every single way. Bill, one of the things that was said by Jaden Grant himself at the end, I I can't remember where I heard it. I think it might have been in the end if they had three players up on the dais in the official sort of Las Vegas Bowl postgame. You bring in a coach and they brought in three players, and Jaden was one of them. And he said something to the effect, I've read it, I didn't hear it, but I read the quote. He said, I don't know what to say, man. It's just... It's great to be an athlete at Oregon State. Something to that effect. It's just a lot of fun to play at Oregon State. Something to that effect. I'll I'll try to track down the exact and official quote. But I thought, in a sense, Bill, that summed it all up. That said it all. Coming from a guy that played a long time at Oregon State. But reflecting on what it was like to be part of that experience and to become a captain and leader of the team and the way that he was, that he could say that, I think resonates and i do think that's going to pay tremendous dividends and returns not him saying that specifically but the very fact that he came to the point after all his time here to say that i think everybody in that locker room just about would say that and that says a lot uh, says a lot about the culture jonathan and his staff have built yeah oh yeah i agree 100 percent. you know and that kind of goes along with um all the players that have been interviewed all fall have just been classy in every way. There, I just there's just yeah, just the real classiness about about this whole program. And um, you know, you see other athletes from other schools interviewed, and they don't sound very intelligent, and they don't talk very intelligently. But I'll give the Beaver players and coaching staff credit; they have really made a difference and you know that's a culture thing that's i know you know it is but that's a culture thing they, they're they're attracting the right type of athlete yes yes and, and yeah. I, I like i like our future bill and i certainly loved the immediate past and the experience in vegas and the win thank you for the call today bill it was good sure. always good you to bet. hear from you thank you sir Let's go to Everett next on the Downward Dog phone line. Everett, thank you for the call. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Hi, Mike. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. A couple thoughts uh, on the game. Uh, My wife and I were down there, and first of all, the the, uh, amount of Beaver fans that showed up was really amazing. It was very evident Friday on the Strip and in the casinos. And then at the game, there was a lot of orange and black, so that was really good to see. Uh, I agree with you, by the way, 100%. We had great seats. We were on the 40-yard line about row 17. And I commented to uh, our travel partners, boy, were their defensive backs hitting hard. And it was it was SEC tackling, no, yeah. no question about that. And I think when Damien got hurt, boy, did that safety come up and pop him. He so did. He that did. was impressive. 
Yeah. But my last two thoughts, um, Mike, are I couldn't have been happier for our two quarterbacks. Uh, ben Branson's just been buried in social media, all the talk about he's not that guy, we've got to get a transfer in, we've got to, you know, put a lot of emphasis on our four-star Aiden Childs coming in. And mm-hmm. I mentioned some people Saturday morning at breakfast. Boy, I really hope Ben plays well, and I thought he really did. And then my last thought, and I've already shared my, my thoughts and feelings uh, with you about Tristan Jebbia. So when he came into the game, I, I was kind of wondering what was going on. I was unaware of the game plan, and I texted some friends back in Oregon. I said, what, what's up with Jebbia? What are they saying on TV? And when they said, oh, it was in the game plan, it was already decided beforehand that he would get in in some series. And the young man goes five for six, I believe, yeah. And, yeah. and other than kind of a a weird snap fumble, something there. Um, I, I was just so happy for him to be able to be on the field and also for Ben to perform the way that uh, he did. And, and I think that'll be a positive going forward for us. So anyway, and one last thing, Mike, at about 2 o'clock, I did have a, a moment of silence and, and took a little prayer for our good friend John Wilson. Yeah, yeah. They, <clears throat> as it turned out, the timing of the, the Las Vegas Bowl and the fact that the Beavers ended up playing in that at the same time, there were things going on behind the scenes in terms of needing to have a venue and so on to have a service for my dear friend John, John Wilson, Jim's brother, ended up being Saturday. You're absolutely right. So, Everett, thank you for doing that. And I, we were thinking, Jimmy and I were all day long, and we sent messages and had audio clips and other things. So we were part of the service. It was very difficult to, to not get to be there in Eugene for it. But uh, I know Yako, John, who was one of uh, my best friends in, in my life and dear to me and dear to so many. Uh, he was a guy, Everett, that would text me often over the years. Hey, was listening to you and Jim. I liked it when you said this. You made me laugh when you said this. You know, that t- I, I don't think we had a more faithful listener than John. And so, in a sense, it was almost appropriate that Jim and I were doing something that John participated in with us for many years. So we were saddened we couldn't be there, and I'm sure you would have been there too. Uh, but we we were still, we had had the celebration. If we hadn't had that, things might have changed, but we had had the celebration, as we talked about at Diamond Woods, for John that you attended, that we all attended, and got to celebrate his life with him there. And that felt like, we were where we needed to be on that day and probably where we needed to be this past Saturday, too. But I appreciate you bringing that up, uh, Everett. Thank you for that. Well, and I, I agree with you 100%. That, that uh, celebration of life was just an uh, unbelievable event. And I thought about John Saturday, and I thought, this is where he wanted me to be. Yeah, got you. Thanks, Everett. Thank you so much okay. for, for everything. We'll take a final break on that note. If you'd like to join us, That's the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line, also available at that same number. What are your thoughts? We've got a week ahead. We'll have some guests and do some different things along the way, maybe even talk about uh, the World Cup a little bit. If you want to talk about it today, if you watched it, experienced it, uh, I'd love to hear from you. But we're kind of summing up a season, the bowl game, the bowl experience, your thoughts moving forward. Uh, excitement level. How does it feel on this Monday, a couple of days removed? 497-5356. Thanks for joining us on 1240 Joe Radio.
Weddings, anniversaries, holiday parties, corporate events, large or small, make them spectacular with Forks and Corks Catering. From delicious bites to signature cocktails, they'll ensure an experience that is a delight for you and your guests. With their fresh cuisine, artful presentation, and polished service, Forks and Corks always creates a spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. We set them up, you knock them down. Island Boat! Family entertainment for young and old. Clean and friendly, that's Highland Boat. Bring your part and let the good times roll. Great food, good fun, that's Highland Boat. Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at KellenBurgers.com. What's your power like today? Are you driving a powerful vehicle or are you just getting there? Fall and winter is coming and Power Honda in Albany has the CRV, Pilot, HRV, Odyssey, Passport SUVs, Ridgeline trucks, and over a thousand pre-owned vehicles to choose from to help you get to where you're going this fall and winter. So come, experience the power at Power Honda in Albany or go to mypowerhonda.com. In sports, it's important to have a talented starting lineup. The same is true if you need some advice with personal or business tax planning or just some help with strategy. See the starting lineup at Tax and Wealth Management, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, or Robert Berry. They have the experience you need to successfully execute the game plan every time. They'd also like to take this moment to wish all of their clients and friends a very safe and joyous holiday season. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. Well, we're, we're still looking to, for your calls and comments here in the last few minutes. But in that same stadium where the Beavers ran roughshod over Florida, dominated the Gators, win 30-3 to the next day, you know, you, Joe Starkey, the, who was kind enough to join us, the most amazing, incredible, exciting, heart-wrenching finish in the history of college football. The Bears have won the big game. You know, that, that emotion-laden, brilliant call by the great Joe Starkey following the band is out on the field call. Well, there was no band on the field. You'll hear a reference to, I think, in the second call that you're about to hear of yesterday's finish at Allegiant Stadium, that somebody on the call said the Stanford band is nowhere to be found <laughs> because that was the yesterday's type of play and the unlikely nature of it brought that whole thing to mind as one of the broadcasters I think you're going to hear in a moment. But we're going to start with the Patriots radio version of how that thing ended yesterday at Allegiant Stadium with one of my uh, favorite films as a child, the out-of-towners, Jack Lemon, Sandy Dennis, and Sandy throughout, Sandy Dennis, Jack's wife, in the out-of-towners, Neil Simon's 1969 film, kept saying a phrase when bad things were happening on this perilous journey to New York City from the Midwest, Sandy Dennis, oh my God, she kept saying. It's a phrase I don't use very often, but that was Sandy Dennis's phrase. Throughout the film, The Out-of-Towners, Oh My God. Well, you are about to hear a version of ever so slight. You have to listen closely. The audio isn't great here. 
but it's worth turning up your own radio in your car. We're going to crank the volume a little bit on the Patriots radio because, to me, the whole of this play is summed up in that phrase from the Patriots radio analyst. Here we go. It was a very quick, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That may be the most eloquent analysis in the history of of football. Oh, my God. (laughs) 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 When Jacoby Myers throws the ball back, and it's intercepted by Chandler Jones, who runs to the house for a Raiders win. Let's listen now to the Raiders version of the call as it ended yesterday at Allegiant Stadium. Mac Jones hands it off on a draw to Ramondre Stevenson, breaks out of a tackle at the 50, has the 45, breaks away from another tackle, pitches it backwards, and now Jacoby Myers spinning around, he throws it to Chandler Jones in midfield, and a step forward, Chandler Jones racing towards the end zone, and scores, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. I can't believe what I just saw. Again! I can't believe what I just saw. This is unbelievable. (laughs) Wow! On the first night of Hanukkah, it's a miracle in Las Vegas! No, leave it go. Is that the end of it? Because I think somebody, maybe it's the telecast, says something. Have you ever seen a play like... Well, yeah, last week. Didn't you? Don't you remember? No, nobody's (laughs) ever seen a play like that. That, I think, is the Raiders radio that network. Is, yeah, so that's heard right here. Yeah. our friend Lincoln Kennedy, who's been on the show a couple of times. Lincoln saying, I don't believe what I just saw, a la Jack Buck. I'm not, I don't know the Raiders play-by-play guy. Jason Horowitz. High emotion and re- referencing a miracle. That was about the definition of one. But Lincoln Kennedy, I don't believe, I can't believe what I just saw twice. No one can. That was unbelievable. That, yeah. It really was. In a weekend of crazy finishes, that might have been the craziest. It really, I mean, you just think, like, what is he doing? Like, what are you doing? It's a tie game. <laughs> like, how, how do you think that, sp- that, that you know, that first uh, first meeting of film review is going to go in the well, of that play? And so typical, too, you know, we, we laud, and rightly so, our own Jonathan Smith for what is... No matter what happens, a pretty calm and stoical demeanor. And that serves the Beavers well. It has served the building program that he's had here. And I'm not going to say culminating in a 10 win season. Yeah, culminating this year in a 10 win season. I'm not sure we've seen the culmination yet. That's what makes me excited about what Jonathan and the staff and the players and the program are building. Culminating certainly in this past weekend with a dominant win and a 10-3 and three season from where what he inherited to where he is now. Jonathan is steadily, steadily built, and we've admired. I, I think we all have his character no matter what. Win or lose, Jack Coletto, the jackhammer scoring at Fresno State, and a walk-off win down there. 
Jonathan just sort of takes off his headset and, well, okay, well, we, we called the right play. And we, oh, hey, uh, congrats, Jeff. Nice to see you, Coach Dedford. Nice. Good game for your fellows. I mean, just this sort of, he's not going to be running around, jumping around, good or bad. He has a calm, steady demeanor that we appreciate and admire, and it's part of why the Beavers are where they are. Bill Belichick, after the game, I heard a sound bite from him, something that if here we just see the most ridiculous, amazing finish in his team called by his own analysts. This may be the dumbest team ever or whatever. I don't know, Bill, what Bill would think of that. Bill might even agree at the moment. But I heard a bite from Belichick, I think, on Rich Eisen's show or Dan Patrick's or somebody at Patrick's earlier this morning. And he just talked like we had just seen a tip, you know, he, all he said was something effective. Well, you, you just made too many mistakes. So you can't make mistakes like that again. <laughs> Bill, you, your guy threw a 30-yard pass. It was intercepted on a lateral for a game-winning touchdown. But it, for him, that doesn't matter. He's not going to get caught up. Well, no, no, I haven't seen anything. I wish somebody would have asked him, have you ever seen anything like that? Because it might have brought out an edge of sarcasm. What, are you at, literally? Are you really asking me that? <laughs> But he just said, well, you know, you just made too many mistakes. I mean, so at least Bill, is, that's who he is. It's true to character. But nothing like, no, that isn't how we drew that play up. No, uh, I mean, <laughs> it was unbelievable. want to thank all of you for tuning in today. We'll get into more of the Beaver stuff, the game, Vegas, and much more as the week goes along right here. Thank you. K-E-J-O Corvallis. And translator, K-2290-I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.